Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the place where we have conversations that empower heavy-duty people. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report. Today, we're going to talk about a subject that gives a lot of owner-operators and fleets heartburn because it uh, is an issue that keeps coming up. It's an area of maintenance and repair that has grown exponentially in cost over the last 15 years. If you, uh, just from that little bit of of a tidbit, maybe you're already realizing I'm talking about diesel emission systems. Our guest today is a returning guest. Wayne Cochran is the National Sales Manager of Redline Emissions Products. They also manufacture and sell the FilterTherm brand of DPF cleaning equipment. And he's got some deep expertise and some insights into specific problems that he's seeing in the market. We're going to address one of them today. And uh, we're going to talk about the solution in terms of what fleets can do. And then if you're in the parts business or if you're in the uh, parts and service business, and you want to get involved in in providing this solution to your customers, we're going to talk about how you can do that. I will mention that, uh, unfortunately, the neighbors are away at Wayne's house and the dog is barking. So you may hear a dog in the background. We like dogs at the Heavy Duty Parts Report, so we won't uh, we won't hold that against their neighbors too much. Wayne, welcome to back to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. So glad to have you here again. Thanks, Jamie. Always good to see you. Glad you didn't blame my dog in, in um, all of that barking, but yeah, such is life. Yeah, as a new dog owner, Wayne, uh, I know how uh, they become very quickly parts of the family. And I know there's listeners right now driving down the highway in their semi-trucks with their best friend sitting on the uh, seat beside them. All right, well, the uh, subject today is uh, DPF filters and the cleaning of DPF filters. But we're going to talk specifically about one thing that you're seeing in the market. So I saw a social media post you did recently. It was very well received. A lot of people talked about it. You showed a couple pictures of a quote unquote clean DPF filter. Tell us a little bit more about that situation. What was going on there? And uh, what's what's the root problem? I was speaking to a gentleman that was interested in purchasing some of our filter therm DPF cleaning equipment. And through conversation, I just asked, are you on volume, and he had indicated that he's currently having uh, his filter cleaned by an outside source. And I just casually asked who that might be, and he gave me a name. Out of curiosity, I visited their website, and I was shocked that they had photos of before and after. And the after photos had what appears to be black spaghetti poking out of the holes. Now, if you're not familiar with uh, DPF cleaning, you may not realize what those actually are. It's actually unregenerated soot that is um, still in the cell walls. To us, that's definitely not a clean filter. It's one that needs to be baked at least one more time. But again, 
This was someone who was professionally cleaning DPFs and showing that as a, a clean filter. My concern is how many other shops are out there without the experience to understand what a clean DPF looks like and how many fleets receive DPFs back without really checking. Was it Ronald Reagan that always said, trust but verify? You know, there are steps that you can take when a filter comes back from a cleaner to verify that it is truly clean and not one that needs to be sent through the process again. Well, I think the situation with the diesel emission system really in general for many years is it's been a bit of a wild, wild west, right? Like it's just, there are so many conflicting ideas out there about what constitutes a good cleaning program, you know, what methods you should use, what is a clean filter, what isn't. And I think to your point, I see a lot of those misconceptions are really just an issue of not having access to good quality information. So first of all, let's give people that good quality information. We're going to show pictures uh, if you're watching the video version of what uh, Wayne was talking about. We're also going to show you some pictures of what a clean filter actually looks like. But um, Wayne, if you don't have a clean filter, if you have that unregenerated soot coming through like spaghetti after a cleaning has been done and you install that back in your vehicle, what's the impact? What What's the big deal with that? You're not going to get any reliable service life out of that filter before it needs to be pulled again and cleaned. And if you go back through your records and say, well, the filter's been cleaned, I've put it on, driven a month, it's plugged again, do I have engine issues? Do I have a bad DOC? It causes all sorts of questions to be raised when it really the root cause is the original filter was not cleaned properly. So then, you know, you're digging into your engine, et cetera, et cetera, trying to figure out what might be wrong when really it's just the, the service provided was not correct. Well, and the minute that you're doing exploratory diagnostics, all I'm hearing is cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching as that dollar goes up and up, right? At downtime, you have to pay the mechanic to do it. I mean, it's just that that's just unnecessary cost. What kind of performance issues do uh, vehicles encounter when they have filters that are uh, beginning to be plugged or, or plugging prematurely because they weren't cleaned correctly? Well, th first of all, the engine's going to start regenerating or ask for manual regenerations more frequently. You're going to get performance issues. High back pressure can cause turbo problems, EGR problems, all sorts of issues. So, you know, having a, a clean filter on your vehicle is pretty important. When I hear all of that, I, I just think of like you had the situation where really at the end of the day, you just had a filter that wasn't clean properly. And if it's left unaddressed and you keep using that service, I hear that that leads to actual problems with all these other systems. And we know we've, and you've been on the show before, you've talked about the absolute necessity to identify upstream issues. So you're just opening yourself up to a whole bunch of trouble. Exactly. Okay. So if this uh, person who owns the, the truck and is getting their DPF cleaned, what intelligent questions should they be asking of their DPF cleaner to kind of gauge whether or not this person knows what they're doing? Look for documentation. Many of the uh, DPF equipment manufacturers, such as FilterTherm, have uh, software packages that allow you to track DPF cleanings, 
and report on what you're seeing when the DPF comes through the door. For example, most people will do either a flow test of the filter or a weight test of the filter before it's cleaned and then again after it's cleaned. And then we do a pin test where you take a 005 welding rod, TIG rod, and uh, insert it down several of the channels of the filter just to check on the depth. But you weigh the filter before the cleaning and flow test it, and then you do the same process at the end of the cleaning. You should see a notable increase in flow and obviously a decrease in weight. Most weights are done in grams because the ash is a very light material and the difference is not that great in the number of grams reduced. So when it comes to the, you said the weight and or flow, should a shop really be doing both? Like, is there an advantage doing both? Yeah, there is, because sometimes we'll clean a filter and we'll see an increase in flow, but no change in weight. And we realize at that point with pin testing, et cetera, that there may be soot, like those spaghetti rods, that's allowing the flow to get around the filter, but there's still restriction in the filter. Okay, makes sense. So when it comes to somebody that has a a number of vehicles, let's say they have a a fleet, it doesn't have to be a mega fleet. How many units before maybe they should start thinking about doing their own DPF cleaning themselves? You know, it varies. I've had school fleets with 12 buses that have been interested in cleaning their own DPFs just to be able to get their arms around the process and make sure that the vehicles are serviced when needed and they're not waiting in line behind a bunch of other people. And also to have control over the process. Maybe they've been bitten in the past by people that are in the cleaning business but don't really understand what a clean filter looks like. Right. Was that a bit of a Freudian slip, bitten in the past with that dog barking in the back? (laughs) Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Wayne, let me ask you something. If somebody wants to explore whether or not doing their own DPF cleaning is a viable economic option for them, tell me about what's on filtertherm.com that will enable them to really quickly get an understanding, not only of what type of cleaning machine they and package they should look at, but how they could discern whether or not it makes sense economically. Yeah, um, FilterTherm is chock full of information. Uh, FilterTherm.com, I should say, is chock full of information. One of the better tools we have is our ROI or return on investment tool. It allows you to play with numbers, how many filters in a week you may figure you're going to be cleaning, what type of savings you will have uh, from cleaning from outside sources. Uh, Average across the country is somewhere between $250 and $350 per cleaning. Um, And then the equipment cost, you pour those numbers into the uh, calculator and it will spit out how quickly you can pay for the equipment. And most people are very pleasantly surprised at how quick that number will pay for itself. Right. So if you're in the situation where you manage a lot of fleets and you want to take a look at this, head over to filtertherm.com. Links are in the show notes. Check out that ROI calculator. We'll also put a link directly to that calculator so you can take a look at that. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the other side of the cleaning. Maybe you are a parts house or you do parts and service and you want to offer this as a service to your customers, to the ones who don't have 
fleets big enough to uh, justify investing in the equipment themselves, this is a great business opportunity. We're going to talk more about that when we are right back. This episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report is brought to you by Find It Parts, your ultimate destination for heavy duty truck and trailer parts. Discover a vast range of parts at finditparts.com. Don't spend hours a day looking for parts. Instead, visit finditparts.com and get them right away. Parts availability and quality have a big influence on fleets and owner-operators' total cost of operation. If they can't find a part, it means more downtime. If they install a low-quality part and it fails, it means even more costs like tow bills, hotels, meals for the driver, and lost revenue. That's why we recommend Sampa. They manufacture a wide range of advanced parts for commercial vehicles. Their website has an intelligent product search engine and broad coverage of suspension, steering, and fifth wheel components. Expect more. Expect Sampa. Visit Sampa.com today. We're back from our break. Before the break, Wayne, you did a great job of talking about the issue of whether or not the DPF is actually clean what to look for, uh, what we should be asking our DPF cleaners before we just accept that uh, product back. We also talked about what it takes to really, you know, from an economic perspective, would it be wise to invest in DPF cleaning equipment yourself? Uh, now we're going to talk to the parts house, the distributor who wants to sell diesel emission system after treatment parts, but they also want to maybe offer DPF cleaning as a service. So let's talk about that. When you get into the business of selling after treatment and getting involved in DPF cleaning, how important is it to have a product that's packaged well, that um, also is a product that is manufactured here in the USA? Well, we saw through COVID what the implications are of relying on offshore sources. We were able to maintain our inventory levels and service our customers all throughout COVID. So we felt we were very fortunate, but perhaps in hindsight, we were just smart with building the U.S. Packaging, that's a, that's an odd question. Most people sort of scratch their head, but we feel packaging is very important. Um, many of our competitors will sell you uh, gaskets or clamps and uh, they're thrown into a large box or shrink wrapped to a piece of cardboard. They get thrown in a parts truck. They get thrown on a, a shelf. Stuff gets put on top of them, and they become destroyed or missing parts, especially in the clamps, the little T-bolts, etc., go missing. So at Redline, we've experienced all those problems in the past with similar products, and we decided that uh, we were going to try to fix that problem by packaging everything possible in a corrugated box that protects the product, make sure that when it gets to the end user, it's usable and fully functional for that application. Yeah, so you want to partner with someone who can provide you with a quality product, sure, but this packaging component is important. Let's talk about the data, not only um, cross-reference information, but also the uh, actual product data that shows up on that packaging. Yeah, again, with um, our packaging, we are able to label every single part, and we've gone the extra step. Yes, there's a red line emissions products part number, but beyond that, we'll put on our label that if it's for a Volvo application, that it's a Volvo application, and then the corresponding cross-reference numbers. In this industry, there's many, many supersessions. 
and we try to include as many of those as we possibly can. So when you push a part across the counter to your customer, he's come in and asked for a, a Cummins number. He sees on that package that the Cummins number appears, and that's immediate confirmation that he's received the exact part he's asked for. Yeah, it's excellent for the customer experience. If you're on the parts counter, what tool is available to help people with cross-reference information? Well, we have gone and spent an awful lot of time and money creating a cross-reference tool on our website. Even our competitors compliment us on uh, the tool because you put in a Cummins number, uh, a competitor's part number in most cases, and it pops up with the Redline Emissions Products part number. Additionally, it shows corresponding parts. So if you're looking for a DPF part number, you put it into the tool. It comes up with our part number, some of our competitors' part numbers, but it also shows what clamps and gaskets are required for that unit, which is very important information, especially on a parts counter when you're trying to service your customers' needs 100%. Nothing worse than sending someone away with a clamp and having them call back and say, oh, I needed the gasket. Um, This allows you to plus sell or oversell to your customers. As my mentor said, Jamie, sell them what they need, not what they ask for. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So when it comes to wanting to get into the business of providing the, the cleaning service, what considerations do you sit down and talk with people about when they're considering buying some filter therm equipment? You know, how do you walk them through the process of deciding like which packages they should buy? whether or not it's something that they should even consider doing. What's the really important information people need to know? It's important to know what target audience you want to service. I talk to a lot of people that come in and look to buy the newest, greatest thing on the market. It's not always the right fit for what they are doing. For example, you're servicing 100% heavy duty. You're not servicing vehicles inside your shop and time is not of great importance. I mean, overnight service is sufficient. Our thermal package is perfect. If, however, you're trying to service off-road, light duty, ag, heavy duty, then perhaps the aqueous package is better for you. Budget comes into play, and we try to help people understand what options are available as well to best put together a package that fits their needs and fits their budget. The conversation is always important. Um, I've had many people phone me up and say, hey, I want an oven. And I'll say, okay, what are you trying to accomplish? They don't didn't understand when they were looking at our website that an oven is just not sufficient to start up a cleaning business. They need other equipment like an inspection table um, that we discussed earlier to to actually understand whether the filter can be cleaned and then provide the information before and then after the service. Uh, When you were talking about the importance of really thinking about who is it that you're going to try to serve and who are you going to offer this service to, in our consulting business at the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we we work with a lot of different people and they always kind of have this this very broad 
description of who they want to do business with. And so we always tell them, we say, don't go a mile wide and an inch deep, go an inch wide and a mile deep. And you know what? That advice works every single time. Yep. I agree. I think why that's so important too, is because once you really understand your ideal customer, you start to really get a sense of their needs and you can start to build a service that is very difficult for others to replicate. And that's really important because sometimes in the parts game, it's really hard to find differentiation. Exactly. And if you're in the parts game, cleaning filters is a natural extension to selling more parts. If you clean a filter and you understand the emission systems, you automatically know. You clean a filter, bang, you've got sold a set of gaskets. If you're knowledgeable, sold a set of clamps as well. So it's just not the, the money that you make over the counter by cleaning a filter. It's understanding all the service parts that are required and go along with that, that you can you can sell and make money at. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Wayne Cochran, National Sales Manager at Redline Emissions Products, and they are also the ones that manufacture and sell the filter therm DPF cleaning equipment. We also had Wayne's neighbor's dog join us on the show, barking <laughs> incessantly through the entire interview. So thank you to all you listeners for their patience and Thanks for your contribution, Fido. Wayne, thanks so much for uh, being on the show. Just one more time, if people want to learn about FilterTherm, where should they go? Well, they can call me or www.filtertherm.com. Okay, links will be in the show notes for FilterTherm.com. And if people are interested in looking at whether or not they want to sell the Redline Emissions products or they want to get into the DPF cleaning business, they should go to which website? For the product line, uh, Redline Emissions Products, it's rep.direct, www.rep.direct. All right. And links will also be in the show notes. Thanks again for coming on the show, Wayne. Talk to you soon. Always a pleasure, Jamie. Thank you. HCA Truck Pride is the heart of the independent parts and service channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the independent service channel take care of your commercial equipment.